Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about the latest 2021 MLB playoffs. And that World Series champ. So we'll start off with AL, then go to NL, then do the World Series after. So might as well start with the play-in game, the wild card, and our beloved Yankees who are playing... Our most hated rival, the Boston Red Sox. I don't acknowledge this game. I don't think it actually even <laughs> happened. And maybe we should even start off by saying how wrong we kind of were in the predictions. At least I was. Well, we were super biased. Heavily biased. You know, <laughs> that's how we keep it out here. We go with a lot of feelings, not a lot of facts. Not only biased, but like trying to speak it into existence, you know. That's a good way to put it. Sometimes we got to believe in the supernatural and <laughs> <laughs> the power of the universe. Because it's also, I mean, a winner-take-all one-off game. Anyone could win that, really. Yeah. Uh, as you may know by now, we're talking about the Boston Red Sox winning, beating the Yankees, moving on. They were the slightly better team, probably deserved it, not mad at it. It just sucks that it's... Boston Red Sox, you know, against the Yankees. But again, Yankees played like shit. I'll probably even speak for you here. Like, I don't think we were surprised they didn't win that game. We were kind of expecting them to play shitty and have those bad moments that they've had all year. And yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, I think we mentioned last episode that they were arguably the most streaky team in baseball this year. So it was like, which version were you going to get? And part of it also was that this was in Fenway where that home field advantage came down to the wire, but the Yankees could have had it, blew it, and I think that was a big factor in losing the game. I mean, even stuff with the green monster that happened, which is what it is. I'm not going to complain about ballpark dimensions and stuff. It's part of the sport, but I think really it came down to most of all, one, obviously Garrett Cole not having it that day, who's supposed to be the ace, and two, Stanton was great, and not to the fault of him, but on that one hit that he got in the sixth inning where Phil Nevin sent him home, well, not Stanton, but sent Judge home on that play when he obviously shouldn't have. I mean, that cost him the game in what could have been a huge moment to come back. But like you said, the Yankees, it just wasn't meant to be for them this year. From what I remember, yeah, there was a couple... Hits by Staten that could have been home run somewhere else. Uh, the whole thing with Nevin, like you said, it was just like, see, you guys losing that one game, that home field, like, made the difference. And, yeah, can't blame anyone else but themselves at that point. Which, by the way, do you think that these wild cards should be best of three instead? Uh, yeah. I feel like it's one of those discussions that you hear often. Yeah, it should be a best of three for sure. Obviously, we know the next one is a best of five, and then it goes to best of seven should be like this progression in games and i get it it's like a timing thing and scheduling but one game is just not enough baseball isn't played as a sudden death thing like a soccer or a, i don't even know what other sport does that i'm sure there are others but soccer is yeah. the only one i could think of with like the world cup and whatnot so yeah it, hopefully something that they change soon i also think it would just make more sense in baseball because you play a series which is usually three games for the most part so it's just more natural to how it goes and it gives more of a fair shot but 
it is what it is right now. Like, I get the appeal of the one-game playoff. It just, of course, sucks when it's your team in that. Exactly. So let's move on to the division series, which, like you mentioned, is best of five. And the Red Sox went on to play the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think going into this, I definitely would have picked the Rays. But, I mean, the Red Sox bats were just there. The Rays were missing glass now, not having their ace, who's been out for the season since, like, middle of the way. And their pitchers, who kind of kept them alive all year, a lot of young guys, a lot of different bullpen arms, just kind of burnt out at the end. Not the best usage of them all. Yeah, this series was pretty interesting because Tampa Bay was like the runaway favorite in the AL. It was for sure a bit of a surprise when Boston beat them kind of easily. At least it seemed that way. This was like the beginning of the Kike is on fire. Like, why did the Dodgers let him go? This dude's a superstar. Yeah, the, the Boston bats were just there. All the little tricks the Rays play just didn't really worked this time around and Boston looked like one of those uh, inspired Cinderella teams. Yeah and also speaking of players with a big playoff performance Randy Arozarena was still doing his October thing just couldn't do it alone you know but Red Sox went on meanwhile the other division series the Astros played the White Sox which In our prediction, we both agreed the White Sox have not faced adversity this year. They're in a terrible division. They haven't had to deal with anything. They've just been coasting. And when you play a playoff veteran, even though, you know, you got to throw the asterisk in there, but a playoff veteran in the Astros, I didn't see any way the White Sox were going to win that, to be honest. Even though they have good pitching, good bats, but I just don't think they were experienced enough and we were right they could not do it they fell flat the white Sox were a product of a shitty division now that they're a bad team they just for sure aren't good enough to be facing the other teams in these playoffs and it showed they were not even fun games to watch they were like either blowouts they won a game and i think they even blew the astros out but you know it's baseball that's that one game that you could win, which is why yeah. the one game wild card isn't a good idea. But it was one of those where like there was never a doubt the Astros didn't have this. All right, so then we go on to the ALCS, the AL Championship Series, where the Red Sox played the Astros. And I mean, for us, for all Yankees fans, I think it's safe to say that most people felt like this was the nightmare matchup just in terms of the two teams you hate the most, you don't want either to win, you want both to lose. And honestly, I didn't watch a single second of these games because it was just disgusting. I didn't want to see them. Yeah, it's like one of the true definitions of pick your poison. <laughs> Who do you want? You know, your big rival or the world known cheaters that everyone hates now. And there's just no right answer, at least for Yankee fans. And Houston ended up taking it. It was somewhat of a fun series because they kind of match up evenly when it comes to the team's skills. Like, they have good bats, not the best pitching, slugfest. The Kike Chronicles continued. Like, the dude balled out, hitting bombs. But 
the Astros were just able to out hit him and Boston's bat I feel like fell asleep somewhere like in the last two games it became the Jordan Alvarez show which if you don't know him he's one of the guys I actually kind of like in Houston he wasn't there when the whole thing happened he came the season after great hitter dude put on a show yeah Jordan is someone I don't think I even knew going into the year but then with fantasy and some other stuff I became aware of him and that dude is a beast. I feel like he's going to be one of those most scary hitters to face for years to come type of players. So should be interesting. I knew about him because I'm a MLB The Show player. And I think two years ago, he had like this crazy, like great rookie card and stuff. So I was like aware of him, but Houston has something good right there. Also full circle with Kike, Jordan was another player that the Dodgers let go, but with them, it's just a spoil of riches. They have too many good players. That's right. So yeah, Houston is the AL champ and made it to the World Series. But let's move on to the other side and talk about the NL side of the playoffs. Yeah. So speaking of the Dodgers, even though they won like 106 games, they had to play the Cardinals in the wild card game because they were second in the division, which we don't need to go into that whole discussion now of if that system makes sense but that's the reality at least for this year and it was a old man duel of Wayno, Adam Wainwright and Max Scherzer deadline acquisition who we talked about in the predictions episode and this game was I wouldn't say boring the pitching matchup it was close the whole game and Cardinals really didn't have any offense like they had during their, what was it, 17-game winning streak that they did. And then to finish it off, Chris Taylor hit a walk-off, which was the start of a big playoffs for him. And once that game went to the bottom of the ninth, I had a feeling like you can't let the Dodgers have this opportunity. And of course it happened. Yeah, this was a weird game. I mean, starting with the pitching duel, it was like a combined age of like 75. <laughs> Still went down to the wire, so they both pitched well, took a walk-off to win the game. And I was torn because it was like, you know, the Dodgers, I'm I'm living in California and shit. And, but that was also part of why I kind of wanted the Dodgers to lose because it's like, yo, if my team's going down, y'all <laughs> going down with me. But it was also like the right win for the Dodgers, you know, because yeah. they get to face the Giants and it becomes a fun series and they're also rivals. Which I think you had said you wanted more than them to lose the wild card was to get that matchup of the Dodgers Giants that we'd been kind of waiting for. Yeah, for sure. It Like as a baseball fan, as a fan of the sport overall, this was the right thing to happen. And we actually got that, so... And it's literally a division series, too. No, it's how it should have played out. It was the whole controversy with the team that won 100-plus games and still gets to play in a wild card. But it's one of those things where, like, hey, the ball don't lie, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen. Kind of spoke that into the universe, I guess. But, yeah, we got that matchup we wanted. And not to spoil anything ahead, that Giants-Dodgers series for the NL West crown, so to speak, was arguably the best matchup of the playoffs. And also like how we were saying the wild card should go three games, potentially. 
this series, I wanted to see seven games of Giants-Dodgers. Yeah, for real. This was as good as we imagined it, as good as it could have been. Went down to the wire as well. It's like, you win one, we win one. They win one, we take the next one. Good matchup, even. Still one of those where, like, you can't believe that this, like, Giants team is putting up with this Dodgers highest paid, highest right grossing full of all-stars and diamond players like it's one of those like it's still mind-boggling that it went as far as it did but that's baseball fun series dodgers ended up taking it three two i guess this is where i was like ah you know giants could have took this one yeah yeah (laughs) well it was also that game five it was high intensity and with the last inning in the ninth there were multiple interesting things because the Dodgers bring in Scherzer to get the save, which is definitely unorthodox and something you don't see often. But even with that, too, you had late night Lamont come up, almost hit a home run, not like super close, but he hit a foul ball that you angle yourself like 30 degrees to the whatever side, and that's a home run. But most of all, The game ended on a total bullshit umpire call of a strike three that became like the focus of the whole thing. You know, on Twitter, everything after everyone was just focusing on how bad a call it was. And I don't think the Giants were going to come back. They looked out of gas, but still a terrible way to end it. Yeah, it's legit like bad ending to like a movie or something after the movie was good the whole time. Even if that same character died or whatever it was, just the way it happened, it sucked. Again, also, it's baseball. It's one of the changes maybe that needs to be made. But like you said, it's little things like Lamont missing that home run. So fucking close. I feel like even that deflated the game. Like, oh, fuck. Like, what are the chances I hit another (laughs) one right now? It happens, but. And off Scherzer, too. Yeah, insane. Like, this was like Scherzer's first First save ever or some shit like that. So it's one of those, like, it was just a lot of weird shit happening. But yeah, uh, definitely pro, I would argue, the best series. Like, at least so far that we've talked about in terms of entertainment and, like, the quality of baseball that was played. Some major pro for this one. Then we head over to the other NLDS matchup. The two Bs, the Brewers and the Braves. And going into this, I feel like, One of the big storylines was the Brewers pitching had been dominant all season, but their offense wasn't that crazy this year. That ended up happening big time this series. The Brewers just could not hit at all. They got like six runs the whole series in four games, which is crazy. The Braves just came at them with pitching, with hitting, their bullpen, everything, and took it pretty easily yeah in a similar way this was kind of like the houston white Sox series where brewers kind of never really had a shot the pitching that they're known for wasn't fully there it's weird they're like a team that the last three or four years they've like made it there and then they just kind of gas out in the playoffs yeah also kind of the product of a not so good division obviously like the reds starting to come up a little bit but it's usually them. I mean, the Cubs aren't good anymore. Uh, yeah, and the Cardinals had that winning streak, but they weren't great 
the season otherwise. Yeah, that was one of those like once in a who knows how many years thing that happened. Like they, the Cardinals wouldn't have really made it if that streak didn't happen. Um, but the Braves again looked inspired, kind of how Boston did after winning the wild card game, and yeah, never looked back. Then obviously we know what it led to, which is the Braves facing the Dodgers, and I mean for me, this was like a there's no way the Braves are beating the Dodgers type of situation. It's like, yeah, the Braves look good, beat the Brewers. They don't have Acuna. Pitching's so-so. They have decent pitchers, but, I mean, the Dodger bats aren't just not going to hit their pitching. They have maybe Max Fried, Charlie Morton, but that's about it. Especially after that Giants series, like, the Dodgers are ready to win this shit. That's just how it looked and kind of got proven wrong. The Braves did not hesitate. One game one surprised everyone. One game two, and at this point, it was like, oh shit, like they might actually do this. And I remember like going through Twitter, like, yo, everyone's just saying like how insane this is happening. October facing his former team in the Dodgers, where he became the name or the person we know, the moonshot hitter. And it made it exciting. I was just like, hey, you know, on hater mode, everyone at work and shit. Like, <laughs> Y'all really about to lose to the Braves. That's just <laughs> insane. There's this team that wasn't even going to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, the Dodgers fought back. They won like two. But at this point, the Braves just knew like, oh, they were going to go to the World Series. Austin Riley, who is one of those players, again, that like not everyone knew about, but became, I feel like, a household name and people will look forward to next year. And then obviously, Rosario. I mean, Dodger fans now probably hate him. How... We hate, I don't even know, like Altuve and Big Poppy just for being killers. Crazy series. The Braves were inspired and yeah, they took it four to two. Yeah, I mean, Jock with his pearls, yet another player we're talking about who the Dodgers let go and is coming back to bite them or at least showing that they shouldn't have let him go. And speaking of Chris Taylor, who we talked about, who hit the walk off in the wildcard game, he went off this series and really all playoffs, and he's now going to be a free agent. So he really not only earned himself some money, but people are seeing how good these Dodgers players are once they leave the team with the experience and everything. So be interesting to see where he goes. But Eddie Rosario, like you said, also went off, and he definitely brought his paycheck up significantly too. Just an insane stretch. Braves had to overcome... Yanoa being scratched, and Solaire had been out too with COVID stuff, so it wasn't easy, but they made it seem like it. And the bullpen too, Tyler Matzek, just fucking insane. Even Will Smith, who had been looking shaky all regular season, even though he was one of the leaders in saves, just still looking great throughout the playoffs at that point. And I said in the predictions episode that I had the Braves over the Brewers, but I definitely thought whoever won the Dodgers-Giants series would beat them, like you said, especially without Acuna. So the Braves just had a special magic to going against the Dodgers, and also they went up 3-1. There could have been a repeat thing of last year when Braves went up 3-1 at that time, ended up losing the whole Atlanta sports curse thing coming to fruition but they held it off so and with how the Dodgers had used Scherzer 
in the Giants series coming in at the end, like we said, ended up backfiring. He had a dead arm. Same kind of thing happened with Urias. So they just did not manage their pitchers well, and it came back to bite them. Good for the Braves, I think, at that point, especially through this series. And then once we knew it would be the Astros, the Braves became, you know, who everyone in the country was rooting for except the Astros fans. So they definitely took on that mantle of the Destiny team. There was like that meme floating around, you know, like the map of America. And it's like yeah, yeah. people rooting for Houston. And it's like a dot in Texas somewhere. <laughs> Not even the rest. The Texas is orange and the rest is like rooting for the Braves. It's pretty funny. There was like a bunch of shit like that. But it got everyone ready. Everyone kind of excited. And it was weirdly almost like a World Cup where like everyone's rooting for this one team. Because everyone around me is like going with the Braves, even though they're like Dodger or Yankee or you know, Boston fans or whatever. Yeah, I think when you mix in that with maybe people having sympathy for that Lena sports curse thing too is even a factor in a way. And just people aren't over the Astros cheating scandal, and I don't think they should be. I see some people trying to say like, oh, it's time to move on, and it's only a few of the guys left, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't only the cheating scandal, it was like how they handled it after and showing no remorse and being cocky and all this stuff. They don't deserve to have people embracing them at all. If anything, they lean into being the heel. So all these people talking about like, oh, Dusty should get a chip. And I mean, to me, that was just a move when they hired him as manager to try to win some people over. And obviously it worked with some baseball heads, but... No disrespect to Dusty, that's not getting me to not dislike the Astros or want them to win. So, whatever. Like we said, in general, whole country except for Houston rooting for the Braves going into this. And so, getting into it, first game, first at bat, literally. Jorge Soler, back on the roster, hits a leadoff home run, sets the tone, Charlie Morton, not the best outing. He even breaks his fibula in his leg and stays in the game until he literally can't pitch any longer. Strikes out like three or four batters, including Altuve. Gutsy veteran performance by him. And Braves pulled out in Houston. One of the cool moments in baseball. Yeah, like a dude playing literally on like technically a broken leg. Gets three or four outs, like you said. Not no scam, like boo-boo, foo-foo shit, like the bloody sock. We all know that's a conspiracy. <laughs> that never happened. And it was just uh, Jolly Rancher juice. So, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, Atlanta ends up winning the game. But, again, started off with Solaire hitting a bomb straight off the bat, getting everyone hyped and making the whole U.S. believe in the Braves, you know. So, definitely set the tone. Then we go to game two, the second game in Houston before heading to Atlanta. The Astros pretty much dominate this one. Max Fried does not have a good outing, and he had one bad one in the Dodgers series too. People speculate on whether he was tipping pitches or something, but either way, it just goes bad. The Braves had like a bad error at third and other stuff. Not their game at all, so... 
1-1 going back to Atlanta. Then game three, Braves almost no hit the Astros, gave up two hits and one was on like a ball that could have been caught. There's just some confusion. And Ian Anderson, aka Ion Anderson, with another great start leading up to and including that, just great in the playoffs. Tyler Matzek again dominating pretty easily that day for the Braves at home. And up to that point, too, I think they were undefeated in Atlanta as well. Which is, again, impressive because they're playing the Houston Astros, which are a really good team, and they played three games at home. And when you're a team like that, obviously you're in the World Series, you're facing technically the best team. All you need or all you want really is like win two out of those three and you're like at a good spot. Obviously, after they already took one on the road, so... So then we go into game four, bullpen game for the Braves. They throw out Dylan Lee to start it off, who was the first pitcher in MLB history to make his first major league start in a World Series game. He doesn't do well at all, but Kyle Wright, another young guy, comes in, goes nearly five innings, is great. Dansby and Solaire hit back-to-back homers to give the Braves the lead and the eventual win. Rosario with an amazing catch, so again... Like you said, you want two out of three at home, ideally. They won this one and had a chance to even wrap it up at home for game five. Yeah, this game was almost like the opposite or the game that happened before. The Astros pitching was the one dominating and up to like the sixth, seventh inning when the Braves scored, it looked like this was Houston's game to take. Like this was their easy win, but Like you said, they score one, and then the back-to-back home runs with uh, Swanson and Soler were like spark plugs. Like, all right, we're back in it. Stadium's going crazy. Saw the clips, and it's like, damn. Like, one of those moments, like, I wish I was there type shit. But yeah, crazy win by the Braves. So then Braves had a chance to not only take the series and the whole championship, but also become the first team ever to win a World Series on Halloween. This was... Kind of a bullpen game, too, because of Charlie Morton's injury, who now out rest of the playoffs after that broken fibula slash leg. So they had Tucker Davidson start, who last pitched in the majors on June 15th, and not the best game. They lose it, keep people in too long and stuff like that, but it is what it is. Again, you wanted two at home, so it's not the end of the world to be 3-2 going into Houston. Then in game six, this game going into it, obviously you're aware of John Boy Media. We both have been following John Boy for a while. And you know Trevor Plouffe from them also, the former baseball player? Yes, sir. Did you hear about his Braves in six prediction? Yeah, wasn't it like even before the season? Yeah, so at the end of March, he tweeted out Braves in six over the Astros, which... You got to think about all the possibilities of all the different 30 teams and the different scenarios. So going into this and with the Braves up 3-2, it's like, damn, is Plouffe's prediction going to come true? So at least for people who follow John Boy and stuff and talk in baseball, it was an interesting scenario to see if it would play out. It's one of those like crazy things like I wouldn't have even put a five dollar bet on that (laughs) even though like not to be a party pooper at least at this point when he tweeted that 
the Braves did on paper have like the best team on the NLDs, you know, with Acuna still there, who started off hot at the beginning of the season. The Houston prediction was a gutsy one for sure, because it's not the same team. Let go of some players. All that being said, it's still like nuts how insanely accurate he was. Like the only crazier thing was if he even set the final score for the last game or something. Right. <laughs> That'd be like the only thing that would like, all right, bro. But yeah, Trevor Plouffe out there with a crazy one. Yeah, I mean, even with the Braves, most people predicted the Dodgers, etc. to win for the True. NL, not the Braves. But yeah, regardless. And his prediction came true. So just insane. I think he was joking that he's going to sell that tweet as an NFT now or something. So who knows? That man is set for life. People will always want to see his predictions now. So another fun element to it. But even besides that, the Braves won. And they made it happen. They beat the Astros, who everyone hated. So worked out. Big game for them from Max Freed. Big game for them from their offense. They dominated even in Houston. I mean, Atlanta winning, like we said earlier, that's America winning. You know, the true <laughs> hero of the story wins. And that is Atlanta as a team putting down the bad guys in the Houston Astros. And Max Free gave them the performance that Atlanta needed. And should be like the Kershaw, Wainwright, Max Scherzer of the Braves. That's Max Free. Signed the man. Also, with this win, puts down the Atlanta curse that we were all super afraid about. I'm pretty sure all Georgia Atlanta fans were, uh, I don't know, crossing their fingers and doing bad juju or anything that it took for this curse to go away. Finally, it did. Maybe, I don't know who's next. The Hawks? Maybe not. We know. Fuck Trey Young out here. Knicks fans? Not you, but me. Uh <laughs> Falcons, I don't know, they're not that good, but maybe this could start a new life when it comes to Atlanta sports. Braves were a team of destiny after all. I mean, they had all sorts of stuff going for them that they rallied around. Waffle House, ice cream machines, wine clubs, the night shift, Jock's Pearls. So they were just a team who had a lot of fun and had this next man up mentality. And even though we both talked about how we would have liked to see Nakunya there to win with them. It's still cool, and that'll give them extra motivation to do it again with him. So that'll be a storyline for sure. And the Astros don't get another chip, so no more chips after the cheating. And with Correa becoming a free agent, that core will be broken up even more. So since the Braves won... I'll probably go with the light pro for this World Series. And then for the playoffs overall, I mean, no sweeps this year. It was, I guess, mostly competitive. A couple series like Astros, White Sox, and stuff weren't. But yeah, for the playoffs overall, I guess I'd go with the light pro. It was decent. Probably not my favorite year, but it was mostly entertaining. Playoffs overall. Not too bad. We had decent series. I mean, at least in the AL, we kind of knew the clear winners. So those weren't the most exciting seasons. However, just the Giants versus the Dodgers alone, I feel like made up for it when it comes to that round. I mean, that was the series of the playoffs for sure. Agree. Agree. Uh, Boston-Houston, it was a good matchup, even though it was teams we hated. 
I guess you take the team names away. It was good baseball or fun baseball to watch at least. Same thing with the Dodgers and the Braves. Uh, fun series. The Braves took it, but every game was pretty exciting. Uh, a lot of games went down to the to the wire, you know, 8th, ninth inning. It was a lot of clutch hitting and clutch pitching. So, again, good baseball. I can't deny that. So, playoffs overall. I go light to solid pro. Pro the World Series. Out of all the scenarios, I guess, without the Yankees in it, I guess the Braves were one of the teams I'd like to take it. It was either the Braves or, like, I don't even know. Like, the Brewers are fine, but I don't know if I want the Brewers to win. Yeah, so I don't know. It's like a good outcome, even though I don't fuck with John Smoltz. I want to say fuck John Smoltz. <laughs> Add him to my list of people I don't like, but he's not big enough for me to dislike. I do also like Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, legends, but... Shout out Andrew Jones also. Andrew Jones. How could I forget? Also a Yankee. Yeah, the Braves did it. Hopefully we see uh, some future Yankees right here. <laughs> Eddie Rosario. <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know. For a decent deal, you know, can't give him too much money, even though he played his ass off. Yeah, fun series. Just glad to see the Astros lose, I guess, just like everyone else, and can't be mad. Pro it. And now we're going into the offseason. Hopefully the CBA labor negotiations don't cause a strike. We want full baseball next year, but we shall see. That wraps it up, though, for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You could find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere. Congrats to the Braves. Shout out Jock and his pearls. Congrats, Braves. I bet the Migos are happy. Yankees 2022. Let's go.